You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. So Crystal and I had been married about seven months and we were living most beautiful town in Texas known as Midland, Texas. <laughs> Crystal loved it. It was her, it was her favorite place we ever lived. Uh, and God began to speak to us. Now, he, he spoke to Crystal first. Uh, I, I'll just say because maybe she's more sensitive to the Lord, all right? But I think it was because her dream was always to move back to this area. I, I grew up in the Burleson area, don't shoot me. Uh, can't help it, my parents grew, I grew up there. Uh, I still love you either way. Uh, and Crystal grew up in the Abilene area, but her fondness was to always be in this area. And so she came to me one day and she goes, I, I kind of feel like God is, is moving us to DFW. There's a friend of ours, he's planning a church, his name's JJ. Uh, he's planning a church in Cleburne. I think it's called Hope Church. I said, well, babe, that's great. But uh, I just got a full-time job. So I, I had worked my entire career to this point. And I, I finally, I had a full-time job as a worship pastor at a church in Midland. So I, I was fine. I was set. And there's one thing that I know for sure about church plants, what they don't have. Do you know what church plants don't have? Money. So I'm like, I'm sure they can pay Pastor JJ something, but they sure as heck can't pay me anything. And so I kind of put it out of my mind and I began to pray about it. And some things happened in the church and, and some shifting began and, and the writing was on the wall. And I, I told Crystal, I said, babe, I, I think you're right. I think we're going to have to move. I said, but what are we going to do? I'm going to have to quit my job, full-time job, Crystal's going to have to quit her job. She was a labor and delivery nurse in Odessa, Texas. Uh, nurses make decent money. Not as good as they do now, but back then it was still pretty good. Uh, but I, I said, babe, what are we going to do? We both have to quit our jobs. We're not going to have any money. I, I said, I guess we can move in with mom and dad. So guess what I did? Called mom. Mom, uh, I don't know if mom, mom enlightened me in the first service. My dad was deployed at this time overseas, so I was a great son. You know, adding more on her plate, I said, Mom, I think Crystal and I are going to have to move uh, to Cleburne to help JJ plant Hope Church. Uh, and we don't have anywhere to live. We may have to move in with you. Everything that parents always want to hear, right? <laughs> and here's how God works. We didn't have to move in with Mom. I'm sure Mom was super happy about that. But God provided a place for us to stay. He provided us the place to stay. And I think we stayed there for two years and never paid a dime. In Burleson, there was a single wide trailer that we lived in. It wasn't the nicest, but we were there and we were in love, right? And God moved us. We had no promise of anything. We had no job, no money. We had a place to live, thank the Lord. We had nothing. But we followed what God had called us to do. Now, today you see the end of that story. But I, I want to tell you, 
we were scared to death. We had worked our whole lives to be at this point. We had some student loans that we had to pay for. And let me tell you, student loans don't stop for the call of God. They don't care, right? Your, your student loans company, oh, you're following God? You go. We'll just, we'll just keep your payments until you can pay them, right? No, they don't care. They'll come get your car, right? They'll, they'll take your firstborn child, <laughs> which they could have had him and be fine, but <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, but we were, we didn't know what we were going to do, but we knew we were following God. And guys, that brings us to our series today where we start answering the call. And I'm not saying that the call is always easy to answer because sometimes God asks us to do some crazy things. And today we're looking at Abraham. Now this whole series is going to be about Abraham, but, but here's what we have to understand about Abraham. Abraham, at this point in the story, his name is Abram. God later on will change his name to Abraham. But Abraham was a pioneer. He knew that there was a God, but he had no church. He had no Bible. He had no pastor. All he had was God. But Abraham was such a pioneer that a large portion of Genesis is written about him. In fact, we're going to cover most of it in these 13 weeks leading up to Easter. And he was so important, he was even mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter one. But Abraham was a friend of God and that is how he found his purpose. Abraham found his purpose because he and God were friends. He listened to God and when God called him, he answered. So that's the title of my message today is how do we find purpose? I think this is a big question in all of our, our lives right now is how do we find the purpose of God in our lives? So if you're taking notes, that's the title of my message today. You can open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12 if you're following along. If you've got a paper Bible, if you don't, don't worry about it. Open up your smartphone. Go to our Church Center app. If you don't have it, go to your Apple App Store or Google Play Store and type in Church Center. There's a short uh, process to get that set up and then you can follow along in my sermon notes. They're all there. I want to encourage you, go to the Church Center app and look at the announcements. I don't have time to run through them today, but I'll give you the highlights, okay? Wednesday, we start back our Wednesday night services at 6.30. We have baptisms January 23rd. You can sign up in the announcements. Just click the graphic. Uh, and if your kid wants to go to camp, camp signups are live today. Go in the announcements and click the graphic that pertains to them and it'll take you to a place to sign your kid up for camp. It'll tell you how much it is, when it is, if you need to plan your, your, your summer, that's all there. It's there, but I don't have time to go through a ton of it today, so go look later. Um, but as many of you have heard, we, we are in the process of expanding the sanctuary. We're looking to tear down the wall. Now, I've had people ask me in the first service, so I know I'm, I haven't communicated well enough. The wall we're going to tear down is this one. We're going to tear it down and go that way. That's what we're looking to do. Okay? We're, we're estimating that it's going to cost us about $300,000. So what we're going to ask is we're going to ask you to give. Our ushers have commitment cards. Now, I'm not going to ask you to give today, okay? So don't, don't sweat it. 
I know you're like, oh, oh, pastor's, pastor's asking us today. If you don't have one of these commitment cards, I want you to get them. I know I handed them out last week. Some of you got them last week. If, if you already have one, you don't have to take one. The ushers know what's up. They'll take care of it. They're handing these out. So last week, I told you, if we can raise $300,000, we can knock down the wall and not have to incur any more debt for the church. Uh, if we could do that, be, that'd be great. But I also gave you a God-sized goal. Okay, I can't be preaching about purpose and following the call of God if I don't give you a God-sized goal. And anybody remember what the God-sized goal was? 600,000. And if we hit that 600,000, what I'd say we do, we would expand the food pantry ministry. Okay? So here's, I need your help. Okay? So you pull out, pull out your, your calculator. Okay? I didn't bring my phone up here with me because it's distracting. Uh, so pull out your calculator. We touch fifth, about 15 families a week in the food pantry. Okay? So somebody do 15 times four. How much is that? 60. Okay? So that means 60 families have food a month. Why? Because of our food pantry ministry. So somebody do 60 times 12. What is that? 720. So there's 720 families that we touched this last year. Now, this ministry, I think, has been open for two years. So that's over 1,400 families that have food. Why? Because we were obedient to the call of God. Imagine, imagine how many more families we could bless if we raise a little bit of money and expand that ministry even more. Now, I don't want to downplay what we're doing. The, the pantry out there, it's, it's adequate for what we're doing right now. But imagine how much more we could do if we could expand it. Imagine how much more we could do if we could expand cold storage, if we could add a freezer section, if we could add places for perishable and non-perishable items. Right now, all we offer is, is non-perishable items. Imagine how many more families we could bless with that, we could eliminate the need for food in Cleburne. How amazing would that be? And guys, I, I truly believe that we could take a big stab at it if we could raise the 600,000 that we're talking about. Now, you have that commitment card in your hand. I want you to look at it. There's, we're going to take this offering up on Super Bowl Sunday. So you've got a few weeks to think about it and pray about it. But we're going to ask some of you to give. Some of you are going to want to give a big lump sum up front. Some of you, you're like me. I'm a, I'm a monthly payments kind of guy. Uh, we don't, we don't, we've got four kids, so we don't have a lot of whole disposable cash just sitting on the side. We're also in ministry, so we don't have a whole lot of disposable cash sitting on the side. So if you're like me, here's the great thing about something like this. We're going to do this campaign over two years, so that's 24 months. And so if you give $100 a month for 24 months, that turns into $2,400. That's a decent sized chunk. If you give $200, that turns into $4,800, right? If you give $300, you get the idea. I can't keep doing math higher than that. I'm a preacher, not a mathematician. Um, and guys, imagine what God can do if you take your Starbucks money and throw it at the food pantry. If you take your disposable income, guys, we all have some extra money that we blow on things, okay? I've got a, I've got a rack of shoes full of disposable income uh, at my house that, that I could give up one pair of Jordans a month for Jesus, right? I don't buy a pair of Jordans a month, but you know what I mean there, right, okay? 
Uh, my wife would say that I do, but I'm always like, you better not buy that, right? But imagine what we could do if that was focused. Now, here's what I'm asking you not to do. I don't need you to give your tithe and offering money to this, okay? We as a church, we, we still have to function. We still have to do some things. And so what I'm asking you to do is give over and above. And I realize this is a sacrifice, but imagine, even if we hit the smaller goal of 300000 we can knock down this wall and not have to give the church any more debt. But if we hit the 600000 guys, I wish I could tell you what's in my head for that. Okay, I wish I could tell you. It's not scary. It's really, really cool. Uh, but I can't tell you until we have the cash to do it. But guys, it would be so much fun, okay? Just trust me, all right? Just trust me. It'd be so much. So I just want you to take this commitment card home. Think about it, pray about it. And on Super Bowl Sunday, and if you're not gonna be here Super Bowl Sunday, you could drop it in the offering before that or you can drop it in the offering box when you're ready. But we, our deadline is gonna be Super Bowl Sunday. Cool? All right, how do we find our purpose? If you have your Bibles, grab them, go to Genesis chapter 12. We're gonna start in verse one today. Uh, I tell you, if I'm a good pastor, I give you three points. I got four points today. So I'm gonna move at a rapid fashion. So if you're taking notes, you better get ready. We're gonna run. Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse one says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will dishonor you. I will and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And then all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old. Even at an advanced age, God wasn't done with him yet when he departed to Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. My first point today is when God tells you something, don't wait, run. When God tells you to do something, don't wait, run. Guys, Abraham, or Abram at this point, was born into this land. This is all he knew. He didn't know anything else. This was home to him. Okay, one thing I'll tell you is I love home. I could could travel to the most beautiful places in the world, but nothing beats my bed at home. Amen? Anybody, you could could be in Hawaii, all right? And, And I could look out to Hawaii in the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, but I still... Nothing beats my bed at home. But God told Abraham to move. So what did he do? He didn't think about it. He moved. Now notice, he didn't didn't hold a prayer meeting. He didn't go up to the mountain and say, Lord, is this what you want me to do? No. What did he do? He did it. And guys, I think far too often, we as church people, we pray about things that God's telling us to do. Now, t- now, God has put something in your heart. Do you need him to send down fire from heaven to confirm this for you? He's told you something. Do it. And I think far too often we as church people, we're, we're, we use prayer as indecision. 
You know God's telling you something. You know God's telling you to do this. Why do you need to go and pray about it? Do it! You know, and it, it, it cracks me up. Guys, we don't need to pray about things that God commands us to do in his word. You know, we as, we as Christians, we like to use, we like to hide behind prayer when really we just need action. You know, it, it, it cracks me up. Can I, can I be real with you today? Okay. And if you did this to me, I, I've let it go. You're forgiven. Okay. There's, there's no animosity in my heart. But oftentimes I'll ask people to serve in the church and they'll go, Pastor, I just need to pray about that. I'm like, really? Let's see. Let's look in the Bible. It tells you right here in the scriptures to serve your church and you need to pray about it. Now, I get maybe you should pray about where you need to serve, but you don't need to pray about what you need if you need to serve. It's not a question of if, it's a question of where. You feel me? And, and oftentimes we spend so much time praying about things that are clear. But Abram heard the voice of God in what he do. He went. Guys, I want you to know being a pastor is something I'd never thought I could do. In fact, when God first told me that that's what he wanted me to do, I laughed. Now, Crystal, I'm, I'm thankful she stayed with me because I, you know, when we were young and we were dating, I had the conversation with her. I said, listen, I think this is getting serious, but what I want you to know is I'm going to be in ministry my whole life. If you're not okay with that, you can go. That's okay. No hard feelings. I love you. But thankfully she stayed. Now she stayed to be a worship pastor's wife. She didn't stay to be a lead pastor's wife, right? So, so I kind of, you know, you know, thankfully she stayed with me. But when God first told me that I was going to be a senior pastor, I had never preached in front of people ever. I was a worship pastor. And I wasn't like, Pastor Mo or Pastor Grant, when they you notice when they get up here and they get a word, they, they give you the word and, 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 and it's good. But me, I would end the song and go to the next song. Why? Because I didn't want to talk in front of people because people are scary. And so when God first told me, listen, you're going to be a pastor, a senior pastor, and you're going to lead a church. I'd never preached a sermon ever. Now, I got the opportunity to do that but it's funny how God calls us to do things that he hasn't yet equipped us to do. So guys, here's what I want you to understand. God is gonna call you to do something and when he calls you to do it, you're not gonna have all the answers. I think that's the problem. We have to have all the answers before we follow God's call. And guys, I'm here to tell you, we didn't have all the answers when we followed God's call here. But guys, when God asks you to do something, don't pray about it. Get to work. Guys, it took me a little bit to follow God's call in my life. Many times I wonder if I would be further along, if, if, if I would have had the opportunity to touch more people had I followed God's calling in my life. Because my number one excuse to God for not doing what he'd asked me to do is I was not good enough to do it. I didn't have the skills to do it. Guys, what I want you to hear today is when God calls you to do something, 
He'll give you everything you need to accomplish that calling. But if he gave it to you at the beginning, you would think that you did it. But when he gives it to you during the process, you know that he did it, not you. That was for somebody today. Didn't say that in the first service. So let's keep reading. Verse six, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At the time the Canaanites were in the land, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So there's people in the land and God's saying, don't worry about them. To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an offering to the Lord who had appeared to him. For there he moved to the hill country to the east of Bethel and that he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward Negeb. Number two, once you understand the assignment, keep listening. Yes, I do watch TikTok. Abram understood the assignment, right? It's really funny when you watch that and you've got your four-year-old going, I understood the assignment, ah, ah, right? Ask Isaiah to do it, it's funny. Uh, but he understood what God called him to do, but he kept listening. I think we missed that part. When we understand what God calls us to do, oftentimes we stop listening. But, but that's what God needs us to do. He needs us to keep listening and to keep obeying him through the process. So fast forward in my story, Crystal and I moved here. And I was kind of happy that we moved here because the pastor in Midland knew that I was called to be a senior pastor. Pastor JJ, who planted this church, did not know that I was called to be a senior pastor. But it's funny how God works, right? God talks to whoever's around you and lets them know. He told JJ. And guys, Pastor JJ gave me several opportunities to speak. I remember one time in particular, our, our former pastor, he was diabetic. And he went, into a, he went into a diabetic crisis and was put in an ICU Friday before Sunday. So I had to prep a sermon Friday to Sunday and preach on Sunday. Now there was like 20 people there, but I was scared outside of my mind. I think I said something about Oprah in it. I don't remember. I don't remember even what I preached about, but I, I said something about Oprah. I don't remember what it was. But it's funny how God continued to speak to me along the journey. But guys, what I want you to understand is that following your calling will always cost you something. Following God's calling will always cost you something. We had our beginning of the year staff meeting and, and we, we set some goals as, as the staff on Wednesday. And before we did it, I, I told him, I said, guys, what I need from you is I need your blood, sweat, and tears. Because Hope Church to this point, Crystal and I have given our blood, sweat, and tears. Did you know that when we purchased this building, we, we haven't always owned this building. When I came as your pastor, we met at a, at a conference center and we purchased this building. And imagine, okay, many of you are visual people. Imagine, look in this room. Every wall in this room was white. It had pink carpet and red pews. Sounds amazing, doesn't it, right? And then, and then this stage, see these three steps? It was all the way around here. And so you think the stage is small now. 
Imagine it with those three steps. So we had a lot of work to do. And we had a month to do it. So you know what Crystal and I did? We had a brand new baby girl. Her name was Madeline. And we had a little two and a half year old little boy running around. You know what we did? We locked him in that office right there. This Grant's, Pastor Grant's office right now. We put a baby gate at the front. And we painted till midnight. Till we couldn't paint anymore. You know what, you know what we did after that? We went home, put the kids to bed. Woke up the next morning. Got here and painted again. You know why? Because that's what had to be done. We gave everything to get this church where it is today. You know what? We wouldn't give anything else. That's exactly what we wanted to give. But guys, God's not going to call you to something and not expect it to cost you something. It costs us time away from our kids. Pastoring you costs me time away from my family. It costs us something. But in the end, every bit of it is worth it. Don't think, though, that God's going to call you to something and not expect you to work your booty off. Because we don't serve a God that just gives it all, all to us on a silver platter. I wish he did. That'd be so easy, right? But that's, that's not how he does it. He wants you to work your tail off because then once you get there, you appreciate it. And guys, I've had to listen to God throughout all the process. I mean, this tear down the wall campaign is just a part of the next thing that God's asking us to do. But I got news for you. There'll be something after that and there'll be something after that. So we're gonna have to keep listening to him. So don't think that once God gives you an assignment that you gotta stop listening. Keep listening to him. So let's keep reading. Verse 10. Now, there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarah, his wife, I know that you are beautiful in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife and they will kill me, but they will let you live. Isn't this kind of a nice way of saying, baby, you're beautiful, right? right? Okay. Verse 13, say you are my sister. <laughs> what a plan, right? And that it may go well with me because of you and that my life may be spared for your sake. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw the woman was very beautiful. And when the princess, uh, of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and for her sake, he dealt with Abram, and he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, male, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. So number three, there will always be bumps along the journey. Now don't raise your hand, but how many of us would have given up at this point? How many of us would have given up? He, he sends him to a land. He goes, this is the land that I'm going to give you. And then boom, there's famine. No food for anybody. How many of you would have given up at this point? Guys, there's always going to be bumps along the journey. But stick to what God has called you to do. Guys, when, when I first became pastor of this church, I was 27 years old. I know many of you are like, wow, that's, that's really young. Well, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm going to turn 37 next month. <sighs> getting to be old, getting close to 40, can't handle it, okay? I know some of you are like, yeah, you're still young. It's fine, okay? I'm still, I get, I get chest pains thinking about the 4-0, but I'm going to be 37, okay? And I asked God, I said, God, 
I don't know anything about pastoring the church. What do you want me to do? And I remember it clear as day what he told me is he said, preach the word in season and out of season, even when it's tough, even when you know, when you preach this word, somebody's going to get mad at you, preach it anyway, and I'll grow your church. And guys, I'm here to tell you, I don't know how many messages I, I tell the staff and the staff is my witness. Just ask him. I'll say, well, there's going to be a good message this week. There may not be anybody that comes back to church next week, uh, but it's going to be a good message this week, right? And you know, it's funny. I've preached the word. I've preached exactly what God has asked me to do. And he's grown the church over and over and over again. And if you'll pull up this carpet right in this area here, I wrote it in crayon because I couldn't find anything else and we was poor back then, but uh, I wrote in crayon I wrote the verse, preach the word, in season and out of season. I wrote it right here, always to remind me of the promise of what God had said. Do what I've called you to do, and I will grow the church. God promises us blessing. He did not say that blessing would come without challenges. Guys, there's been so many challenges along the way of this church. There's been things that we've had to do that have ripped our hearts out. There's decisions that we've had to make as your pastor that people didn't like that ripped our hearts out because it, you may not know this, but I love every stinking one of you. Every one of you I love. And anytime that any of you get upset with me, it hurts my heart. Even if I know that I'm doing exactly what God's asked me to do, it still hurts my heart. I still lose sleep over it. You know why? because I care about you. I know I'm up here, I see, seem like this, this big tough guy, but I love each and every one of you. And every one of you, every one of you, I love you. And it's hurt my heart over years that I've had to see people come and see people go. But you know what? I'm more scared of him than I am of you. I know that I've got to do what he asked me to do. And I know one day I'm going to have to answer for everything that he's done, that he's asked me to do. That doesn't mean that that's without challenge. And so I want you to know that if anybody ever leaves this church, it pains my heart. Now I know God does things and God moves people for different seasons, for different reasons, but we're family here. And guys, anytime that there's bumps along the journey, it hurts me just as much as it hurts you. So let's keep reading. Verse 17. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with the great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abraham, Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that this was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So that we took her for my wife. Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. And Pharaoh gave the men orders concerning him, and they sent him away with his wife and, and all that he had. Number four, learn from your mistakes and accept correction. Abram received some pretty harsh correction right here. This would be like the president of the United States calling you and saying, listen, bro, what'd you do? Why did you mess this up? I mean, that was, some pretty, that was some pretty harsh correction 
for Pharaoh. From Pharaoh. And he was angry. And guys, what I want you to understand is Abram made a mistake. He lied. He didn't tell the truth. I mean, I think we all can agree in the audience today that it's not okay to lie. Abram made a mistake. And if you'll read on, you'll find Abram's son later lied about his, his wife being his sister. So he actually passed down that mistake to the next generation. But guys, you're going to make mistakes along the way, but do not harden your heart when you see, receive correction. Guys, one of the things that I've had to learn as pastor is sometimes people give you correction and help you along the way. But that's where the rub is sometimes. We don't like to be told that we're wrong. I mean, if I, if I did a show of hands, don't raise your hand, but if I did a show of hands, how many people love hearing that they're wrong, right? No, we, we want to be right. I'm always right, right? I love Google because every time you have an argument when you're right, you can tell somebody to Google it and you're like, bang, you should have listened to me the first time, right? Am I the only one? Okay, God's working on me, but still, God's working on me. All right, I'll, I'll let the invention of Google just ends all arguments. But, but guys, one of the greatest gifts that you can receive in your walk with God is loving correction. God is going to place people in your life to correct you for seasons. We're never going to do everything right. But God sends us people that, has, that give us wisdom, that give us direction, that help us along the way. Listen to them. Don't harden your hearts, but listen to what God has for them. Because oftentimes, when things get tough, when we receive correction, when we realize that we're wrong, we go on to the next thing. We don't like correction. And the one thing that is absolutely true that I know as your pastor a lot of times when people receive correction, they get upset, move on to the next place. But God has put these people in our lives to help us and to move us forward in what he's called us to do. Sometimes God places wisdom in the correction. Now, I'm not saying listen to your critics. I'm not, I'm not saying listen to all the Facebook trolls that, that put those comments that, that don't even have their name on their Facebook page. I'm not saying listen to the people that love you, the people that have you done life with you. If they say, hey, listen, bro, you were kind of off there. I, I mean, I know that you, you know, at, at the heart of it, I know you're trying to do what's right. But you didn't do the right thing. Take that correction and learn from it. Because, guys, I'm here today. There's mistakes that we have avoided in this church because God has placed an awesome leadership team with me to give me wisdom along the way. Because I'm a, I'm a shoot first and ask questions later kind of guy. And thankfully, God's given me a lot of questions people. I mean, the love of my life will ask so many questions. I mean, she really should have worked for the FBI. I mean, I'm just, if we're being honest. 
But when I bring you tear down the wall, there's not a question that you can ask me that I haven't already been asked, I can promise. But I can either get upset with that or I can thank God for the wisdom that he's given me in my life. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you in your life today? Number one, do you need to get moving? Here's what I know for sure. Here's what I know for positive. I don't know if that's a word. Is for positive a word? It's not. Okay, sorry. Here's what I know for sure. Just rewind that and erase it. God has called you to do something. He has called each and every one of you into ministry. Now, this may be ministry in your vocation, whatever he's called you to do. Some of you, he's called you to be pastors. Some of you, he's called you to be missionaries. Some of you, he's called to do the work of God. That's not all of us. But everyone, he's called to do something. You know that God has put something in your heart. You know that God has put something in your life. Why do you need to keep praying about it? Do it. Quit thinking about it. Quit coming up with all the reasons why you can't do it. Do it. Okay, so if you, if you walked into this place today and you've been wrestling with it, God had you in this place today. He sat you in your seat. He got you out of, maybe you're watching online. He got you out of your bed. He, he, he makes you stumble across this feed on the live stream. You're in this place today to hear me to say, stop praying about it and get to work. Because praise God, Crystal and I did not stay in Midland, Texas and keep praying about whether we should move here or not. Because this place wouldn't be here if we were still praying about it. Imagine what God can do with you if you'll quit praying about it and get to work. Now, hear me today. I'm not saying praying is not a good thing. Yes, we need to seek God for wisdom. But there's a time that we, we're, we're using prayer as an excuse. Get to work. Number two. Are you willing to accept correction? You need correction, whether you like it or not. God created us in patterns. There's a reason that church happens every seven days. You know why? Because we need to get our heart right every seven days. If we don't get our heart right every seven days, then we don't live too well. Now, some of you come every 21 days. Some of you come every 30 days, okay? But what you need is every seven days to receive that correction. Now, it's not always from me. Sometimes Pastor Mo will say that one thing you needed to hear for this week. And sometimes God brought you in this place to be an encouragement to someone else. The problem is we've made church a, we've made church a spectator sport when it's a participation sport. This place is not only about me, it's about you. You may have been called into this place today to be a blessing to someone just as much as I've been called to do so. Because we need each other. That's why we're here in this place. Number three, are you ready to begin this journey with God? Some of you just need to get to work. But some of you are sitting there today going, Pastor, <sighs> I don't ever hear the voice of God. 
Guys, I want to say, I want to tell you today, if you don't ever hear the voice of God, it could be that you've never begun a relationship with him. But that's okay. I don't want you to hear me today. I'm not talking down to you. I got the answer to that. Today's the day that you can give your life over to him and begin to hear from him. Because Abram didn't hear from the Lord until he began a relationship with him. Remember I said Abram was a friend of God. So maybe today you need to be a friend of God. I'll get to that in just a minute. Maybe some of you today, you've given your heart over to Jesus, but you've not taken that next step in baptism. Guys, we've got a baptism January 23rd. Go to the announcements page on the app and find it. There's also a QR code there in the chair in front of you. You can scan it. The baptism form is on that link tree. Sign up today to get baptized on the 23rd. Okay, it's an easy day to remember. One, two, three perfect day right and guys some of you though sitting there you've you've given your heart to Jesus you're baptized maybe you need to get to work in church maybe you need to put your giftings to work here maybe some of you God's put a calling on your life and you're just sitting there making excuses as to why you can't do it stop praying about it do it today Terry's gonna dim the lights I want to encourage you today. If you're sitting there today and you're like, Pastor, I'm with you. I'm the one that I've never given my heart over to Jesus. I want to say a simple prayer today. So everybody bow your head, close your eyes. If you're there today and you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I want you to say this simple prayer with me. Repeat after me. Just say it quietly to yourself. You don't have to say it where everybody can hear you. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need you in my life. I give my life to you today. Use me for your purposes. In Jesus' name.